serve you. Give me grace to serve you. Give me grace to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Dear loving Father, this morning we are gathered in your presence to hear your word. Here you speak to us, give us direction for our next levels. We ask that in this worship this morning, your word will come expressly. We ask that we all will have a realignment. Father, we declare that your grace will rest upon us. Thank you, glorious God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, I'd like you to sit down in God's presence this morning. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Right, I'll be sharing very quickly with us from the word of God. Before I do that, let me quickly pray for Tisha. Tisha will be going back to school. How many of us are resuming school tomorrow? Your school resumes tomorrow. Stand up wherever you are, everyone. Stand up. Stand up. Your school resumes tomorrow. Please rise to your feet. I need to come to the altar. Come to the altar this morning. Come. Come. Your school resumes tomorrow. Oh, Jesus, help them to serve you, Jesus. Help them to serve you, Lord. You are a teacher, you facilitate academic services, and the school is in tomorrow, you can also join them. Help them to serve you, help them to serve you, Jesus. I hope you are praying. That your resumption to school this time, this session, this semester will not be like every other one, but that it will be with a difference. That your resumption to school this time, this session, this semester will mark a new beginning for your life. I'd like you all to stretch forth your hand this morning before the Lord, stretch forth your two hands to God. Lord, I pray for these hands stretched forth, representing lives submitted to you. I ask that as there is you school tomorrow, Lord, let your presence go with them. I thought you would say amen for them. I ask that your glory will go ahead of them. Wisdom will be available for them. Understanding and knowledge will be available for them. Father, I pray for all our teenagers this morning and all our workers. We declare that as you resume school back, you will not fall victim of any negative situation. I pray for you all this morning that the blood of Jesus will secure you. I pray for you this morning that you will not fall victims of accidents, you will not fall victims of a pandemic, but you will be a difference maker. You will represent God in the name of Jesus. I pray for abundant provision for your parents and your sponsors. You will not lack the resources you need to enjoy your stay in school in the name of Jesus. I declare over you that it is well with you. At the end of this service session, this semester, you will have many testimonies to share. It will be for you the best times of your studies. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, Father. You may have your seat. Those of you who are still writing the exam, can you stand up? Let me pray for you again. How has the exams been so far? Fantastic. Pray for you again this morning that the exams you are writing, the ones you've written, and the ones you are still going to write, the Lord will help you to make a difference. Amen. You'll have a testimony of success. You are the winner. Go and win in the name of Jesus. 
Right, guys, welcome to church again this morning. Sorry I was away for a while. Um, the youth ministry had a business grant presentation for five persons, um, each of them a hundred thousand naira to do business with, and God helped them. The panelists also added one to make it six, and so this morning was the presentation of uh, the checks for the business people who won that grant. I pray you all, you will also win great things in life. Amen. Then it was another opportunity for us to celebrate our senior pastor who just rotated out of office as the conference chairman, serving for six years. And then they also, uh, thank you, can clap, you can celebrate our pastor, senior pastor. Thanks, right? And then they also conspired to give me a gift this morning also. In fact, you know what happened? I even forgot the gift on the altar and I came here and they brought it to meet me. Amen. I feel so great this morning and I hope you feel great too. This morning we continue our series on service. Uh, on the first Sunday in the month of September, I shared with you that by all means you shall be great. And again this morning I repeat that you shall be great. It's like the people who will be great did not come to church. But the great people who will be greater and greater and greater that actually came to church with their legs and their mouth this morning, seated and hearing me, you shall be great. Yeah. Ah, so they came to church. All right, for everyone standing on their feet to say amen, by all means, against all odds, go and be great. Yeah. Go and enjoy greatness. Yeah. Let greatness be common in the teenager's church. Let everyone be great together. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that you will not serve your mates. You will not be a slave to greatness. You shall be great. In your greatness, you will serve God and you will serve men. I want you to pray one prayer before you sit down. And I want you to pray that prayer seriously. Hear me very well. There is a difference between a great man and a position occupant. Many people we call great in our societies today are just occupying positions like matter. They don't deliver result. They don't perform. They don't do anything spectacular. They just bear a name and carry a title. They just sit inside an air-conditioned office and sit so in a cozy environment and then you enter there, the perfume from their body, the beauty of their suit, the ambience of their office, you say, wow, this man is a great man. But when it comes to solving the problems for which he is put there, they are nowhere. Lift up your right hand this morning and say, my father. My father. Uh, am I speaking to great people? Say, my father. My father. No, it's like you are sharing that father with someone. Say, my father. My father. I declare and I decree. I that I will not be a figurehead. I will not just occupy positions. I will not just carry a title. I will have the mantle and I will deliver results. I will have the mantle and I will conquer my battles. I will be a solution provider. I will add value. 
will make a difference. Come on, make that your prayer this morning before we listen to the word of God. Father, I declare that I will not be a title carrier. I will not be a position occupant, but I will deliver results. I declare that I have the mantle to make a difference. I will conquer battles. I will solve problems. I will make a difference. I will add value. I will be a star. I will be a shining light. I am a city set on the hill. I add value everywhere I go. I am not a problem creator. I am a problem solver. I add value. I am a city shaker. I am a city taker. I am a trailblazer. I set a pace. Somebody is not praying. Receive grace this morning to solve problems. Receive grace this morning to add value. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive that grace this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you look around this morning, you see that we are so large. And it looks like some people did not come to church. They are actually in church. I went to the adult church this morning and I was amazed at what I saw. God is doing something great in the teenagers' church. You will not miss it in the name of Jesus. I was in the adult church this morning and I saw the real ambassadors having their promotion Sunday. And without being proud, about 95 of them are teenagers. 95% of them. 95% of them. Now, I don't know if you are part of these people I'm talking about, but God is raising a great army from here. Yeah. Right? Did you hear me? God is raising a great army from here. They are going to carry two identities in this season. The first one, there will be city shakers. And after shaking the city, they will become city takers. I don't know if you are part of them, but I say one more time that from this place, God will raise city shakers. They will challenge status quo. They will ask questions that nobody has ever asked. They will ask you, why have we been doing this thing the same way since this time? Why can't we try a new method? That is the emergence of a city shaker. And then they take over. May you take over in your time. The way you are saying amen looks like I'm talking about somebody else who is not here. May you shake the cities of your time. I'm not talking about those. You know, cities don't have pillars and blocks. It was in the Bible days that they have a gate into the city. Today, even the gates leading to our estates, they don't, they are not strong anymore. With one kick, you can fall them down. Right? I'm talking about when you challenge the principles that establish the city. When you challenge the founding principles that makes things the way they are. Who are those who sat down to say that only those who are 70 years and above can be president in this country? City shakers challenge the status quo. And after challenging it, they receive grace from God to take over. May you receive that grace this morning. Joseph was a city shaker, a city taker, and a change maker. He went into the land of Egypt and he became a force to reckon with. Let me pray for several people who believe they are the ones I'm talking about. You will not be a position occupant. You will challenge status quo. Those seven people are not saying amen. This morning I pray for those seven people. The grace to take cities. 
the grace to take cities, the grace to create new cities. Let it rest upon you in the name of Jesus. There is a help God gives to men to shake cities and to take cities. The help of God. That is the help that God releases through nature. And even the ground begins to fight for you. Things that you expect and do not expect begin to assist you. Let me pray for you this morning. I don't know why I'm praying this way for people. I have a long sermon to preach, but I will try to make it brief. But if this is the prayer point that God wants me to pray for you, I declare and I decree this morning, the help, the help, the help that only God can give people on assignment to shake cities and to take cities. Let that help locate you this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the help, assistance, and support that God gives to men to take cities. The help, assistance, and support that God gives to men to take cities. For one, two, three, four, five people that can say amen, receive such help. Receive such assistance. Receive such support. Receive it this morning. Receive it this morning in the name Before I preach, let me pray for three people that believe they are the ones I'm talking about. Sincerely, just every Sunday I come here, I'm not sent to everybody, I'm sent to a few people. And if those few people get this rema, I'm blessed and fulfilled. I want to pray for those people that I am sent to this morning. The very few people I am sent to this morning. You see, I cannot determine them. God has the number, but out of desperation and seriousness, you can increase the number by adding yourself. Did you hear me? I can come here and say this handkerchief, I want to give it to four people. I will cut it into four and share it. If six people come to meet me for it, I will have to cut it into six. Even though I do not have a plan for it. Let me pray for those people I have sent to this morning. Maybe they want to add themselves or God has commissioned them to be part of these people. I want to pray this special prayer for. I don't know how your amen will be. But I want you to say the amen of a city shaker and a city taker. I pray for those people I have sent to this morning that all through your life, all through your life, the track of your destiny, God will position helpers, supporters, and assistants for you. I want to help you to come into that number now. All through your journey in life, may God position helpers, supporters, and assistance for you. Teenagers, I want you to pray that prayer seriously. Don't mind me. I'm still going to pray, but I want you to pray. Hear me very well. When you receive help, life is easy. Did you hear me? When you are helped, life becomes easy. You can't do all by yourself. You need help. What did I say you need? Help. I'm still going to talk about leading by seven. Don't worry. I'll do it very quickly. But you need help. When somebody tells you you need help, it's not an abuse, it's not an insult. Are you getting me? It's only affirming what you truly need in life. Can you lift up your two hands to God this morning? Say, my father. My father. Say it like you need help. Say, my father. My father. 
You are not saying it like you need it. Say it like you need it. Say, my father. The God who helps men. Send help to me. All through my journey in life and destiny. Come on, make that your prayer now. Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. Make it your prayer. My father. The one who helps men. Somebody is not praying. Can you be desperate about this? You may not understand this prayer now. You will understand later. Send help to me. When you receive help, life is easy. When you receive help, struggle ends. Can you pray for help? Somebody is not praying though. Unconditional help. Unlimited help. The Bible said, daily God sent men to help David. Daily help. Yearly help. Now, come on, change that prayer. Help for every level. Help for every level. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Do you need help? You are not praying like you need help. Do you need help? Help for every level. Help for my studies. Help for my finances. Help for my health. Help for my education. Receive that kind of help this moment in the name of Jesus. Please say amen like you mean it. Whether they know you or not, they will be compelled to help you. You need say amen. Come on, say amen. Say amen. 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 Whether they know you or not, they will help you. Whether they know you or not, they will help you. Your face or not, they must help you. I place a mark upon you this morning by faith. That mark upon you is the mark of helping. Help her. Help him. Help her. What you say, amen, like this? Help him. Help her. Help him. Help her. In school, be helped. At home, be helped. In the community, be helped. Receive the help that is required. Sit down like somebody who has been helped by God this morning. How many of you have been blessed already? Sincerely yours for some people, the salmon topic, living by serving is not for them. What they need this morning is help. And that help has come. My help has come. My own help has come. You know there are some help that are customized for you. They are personal to you. And I, I, I'm tempted to preach about help this morning, but let me not preach. There are some help that are specific for you. Nobody can receive it except you. That kind of help comes with your name and identity on it. When they are looking for the person to occupy, nobody will meet the requirement except you. That was the kind of help David received when he was about to be anointed as king. Dear friends, I pray for you that you will receive help specific for you. Yeah. Help customized for you. Yeah. Help designated for you. Yeah. Say it three times, my help has come. My help has come. My help is now. My own help is now. This morning I'll be sharing with us leading by seven. Leading by seven. Leading by seven. I will read from scriptures Matthew 
chapter 20. We'll read from verse 20 to verse 28. If you have a Bible that is yours in your hand, can you open to it and let's read together. It's a long read, but I want you to read it like a masquire. Whether your Bible is on phone, on your tab, or anywhere hard copy, please let's open to it together and read. Are you there? So let's quickly read as I try to finish up in less than 30 minutes. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons. Is that where I'm reading? Yeah. I saw, why am I not hearing your voice? I said, let's read like the mass choir. Everybody want to go. Yeah. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and on the other left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Some people are not living. No. They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm being baptized with. But to sit on my right and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. Verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Let's take that together one more time. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We live in a days where everybody wants to lead. Today, there are more leadership seminars than servant seminars. Everywhere you go, you hear people introduce themselves. I'm a 21st century transformational leader who makes impact internationally and locally. In fact, they don't even call it locally again now. They call it terrestrial. The desire for leadership is one that cuts across both the young and the old. Everybody wants to lead. Every time we come into a place and an assignment opens up, the first thing you hear somebody ask is, who will lead us to accomplish this assignment? And somebody will step up to lead. But deep within them, the desire is not to get the problem out of the way, but to bear the title and the name, the leader. May you not be a position occupant. Everyone wants to lead. Everyone wants to be in charge. Everyone wants to occupy. But very few want to serve. Very few want to serve. Very few want to be the one that cleans the space. The very few wants to be the person that arranges the chairs. Very few wants to be the one who bears the body. Very few, very few. Unfortunately, 
the way life is structured, we have many servants than leaders. But even among the servants, they find themselves presenting themselves as leaders. However, we find in the scriptures all through the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus submits that the secret to greatness is service. Jesus speaking in the scripture we just read says, whoever wants to be great among you must be the servant of all. Many of us today, we are like the brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who see leadership more as a position to occupy than a responsibility to bear. And so, in that story, in that account, their mother came to Jesus and asked for a hard but simple thing. And what was her question? Jesus, can you grant that my two sons, one sits at your right and one at your left? I hope you know that our parents also want us to be great. Our parents, oh, another sermon for them. They do everything to make sure we have a great life, including paying for us to pass exams. I hope you know many children are not the ones who want to go to magic center. It is their parents who want them to go there. May you not have those kind of parents. Yeah. And if you currently have one, may God deliver you. Yeah. Please stand your ground. Many parents are like the mother of these guys who came to Jesus and said, can, we, can I have one of my sons sit at your left and one on your right? Now this is where I am going. Do you know that even among the two sons, they will not be happy with themselves? Even though they are sitting very close to Jesus, one will be sad. Why am I on the left and you on the right? Because the belief is that the one on the right is the greatest. Why the one on the left is the lowest. But they did not know whether Jesus is left-handed or right-handed. Unfortunately, the Bible did not tell us. If Jesus was left-handed, the most important person that put that, that the most important person to him was the one who sat on the left. But Jesus crossed that table the mother was trying to set up and said, the question is not about where you sit, but what you do. Jesus speaking said, the thing that determines who sits on my right or left is the cup I drink and the sacrifice that is paid, the price that is paid, the baptism. But even at that, it is not enough to determine who sits on my left or my right. The Father determines it. No wonder the Bible says promotion does not come from the east, nor from the west, but from the Lord. May God by himself promote you. May God by himself lift you. Many of us want to be in front. Not because being in front means that we are doing anything. You know, sometimes I say some things that are not consistent with what you like to hear or what our parents want to hear. Do you know many times? I hope you know that it is not everybody who sits in front that is serious in class. 
Am I shaking the table? It is not everybody who sits in front of class that is a serious student. Sometimes the most serious student they sit at the back. Sometimes they sit at the middle. And some other times they may, they may actually be in front. But this was what Jesus was saying. Where you sit does not really matter as much as what you are doing where you sit. Most times we realize that deep within us, even though we want to be humble, something is begging for expression and prominence. Saying, you are better than this person. Why should he have it? Why is he made the senior prefect? Why is he made the head boy? Why is he made the class rep or the course rep? Why, 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 why? We forget to ask the question, what is it to be done? Let me submit to you, dear friends, this morning. People occupy positions, ideally, I mean under normal circumstances, not because of the beauty of the position, but because of the responsibilities attached to that position. When you see a man in an official car with a driver, he is being given a driver not because they want him to enjoy comfort. They want to make his work easy. He has too many things to do. So while his driver is driving, you see him on his staff, attending to files, approving stuff on the internet, he's attending Zoom meetings while the car is moving. Now, that degree of comfort is attached to him because the inconveniences of responsibility are so much upon his shoulders. Desire a position because of the comfort surrounding it. An African proverb says, Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. When the Olu of Ori was being crowned recently, I saw that crown that was put upon his head. Heavy gold. The weight of the crown on his head alone is headache. Not to even talk of the responsibility of governing the entire kingdom. May the Lord help him to rule his kingdom well. And represent God the more. But this is what I want you to understand this morning. The work of a leader is not the position he occupies or the seat upon which he sits. What does he do while sitting there? I submit to you today, in case you never knew, that is one of the reasons why I don't like having a special seat in this teenager's church. I want it to be difficult for you to identify me when you step in here. Let my greatness and my value in life not be defined by where I sit, but what I do. When that understanding becomes what drives you, you will stay humble for life and be hungry for results. So that woman came saying, let my two sons sit one on the right and one on the left, thinking that position is greatness. And that is what happens when leaders think that their role is to be served as against serving. 99% of our political office holders 
are still here. They have not moved here. They want to be served as against serving. And that is why one man is going to commission a bridge in the village and 100 cars are following him, making life miserable for people. The president of Nigeria, Muhammad Buhari, came to Lagos some months ago and Lagos was shut down because of one man. Oh, we honor him, but he made life difficult for people. People trekked the trek of destiny that day. People trekked their glory away. People trekked, oh my God. And when David Cameron was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, I saw him going to work one day riding a bicycle. He was traveling to attend a meeting of the G8 and he boarded a public aircraft, the British Airways. He was going somewhere one day and he entered a public train, not sitting in first class. Greatness is not defined by the crowd you pull. It is defined by the results you deliver. Dear friends, don't be a leader who desires to be served. Be a leader who desires to serve. What then is my concern this morning? My concern this morning is to make you understand what it means to serve. What is service? Because Jesus speaking to the disciples, he turned the equation upside down. He said, your desire is to be the leader. But what should be your major desire is not to lead but to serve. Because great men are not defined by the leadership positions that they carry, but by the service responsibility that they undertake. And so Jesus speaking highlighted that service is the action of helping or doing work for someone else. You realize as we go further that leadership or service, sorry, is the act of showing kindness and favor to others. Keep looking at these phrases and words that I share with you. You realize something running through. It is the act of helping, assisting, and aiding those that are in need. I'm going somewhere with the last. It is the act of honoring God and men. There's a slide I was supposed to show us this morning, but because of my movement, I couldn't get it out. But let me quickly drop this with you. You realize that in the four definitions of leadership, none has anything to do with you. It has to do with others. The first one, you work for someone else. The second one, you show kindness and favor to others. The third one, you aid those in need. And then the last one, you honor God and men. Where are you in the equation? Nowhere. Dear friends, leadership by serving takes attention away from you and puts it on others. Somebody say others. Every time the desire to do anything is about you, the problem has come into your motive for serving. 
never desire to be the center of attraction. If you ever become the reason why people look forward, let it not be because of who people say you are, but because of what you are doing. Ask somebody beside you this morning, what are you doing? Did the person answer you? Ask the person again, what are you doing? Let the person answer you. Let the person answer her. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you looking for position or you are looking for responsibility? Oh, I want to be in multimedia. I want to be in ushering. I want to be in instrumentalist. I want to be in choir. I hope it is not because every Sunday people will see you and hear you. I hope what drives you is that you want to do work for God. You want to honor God. You want to assist want to aid, you want to show acts of kindness and favor. When you understand this carefully, you realize that it has nothing to do with position, but everything to do with responsibility. Ask somebody beside you, are you taking responsibility or taking position? The students of Landmark University asked Bishop David Oedipo one day, Papa, what do you take to stay awake all night? Papa said, I take responsibility. I take responsibility. Unfortunately, many of us, the reason that what keeps us awake all night is either we are putting our leg inside water, or you are taking coffee, or you are chewing gum. What else do you do to stay awake all night? Eh? Watching film and pressing phone. Service takes attention off you and puts it on people. Say with me this morning, it's about others, not about me. I need you to have this mentality now that God is creating the space for you to grow and occupy great positions in life. You will occupy great positions, but let that not be your driving motive. What drives you should be, every time I come in here, what am I expected to do? So, move further by identifying service as an opportunity to add value to life and destiny. To make the lives of people, systems and structures more valuable. Service is leaving people better than you met them. Service is leaving a place better than you met it. Can I ask you a question this morning? Whenever you leave a place, do you leave it better or better? You leave the house, woke up in the morning, somebody has woken up quite early in the morning to sweep everywhere and arrange the chairs, and you were leaving. You made the chair like this. And then when you were sitting, because you are so restless, you have, you have the chair has changed direction. And then when you are standing, you just stand up and you go. You forgot that this chair was like this. If this is how you leave a place that you made like this, you have made it bitter and not better. 
Service is leaving a place, leaving a person better than you met it or than you met them. Service also offers us the opportunity to contribute our skill, talent, time, and abilities. You have all of these. They are not for you. The blessing of God upon you is not for you. It is for others. You can sing, you can draw, you can paint, you are good on the computer, you are good with fashion, you are good with cooking, you are good with several things. It is not for you, but for others. It offers us the opportunity to contribute, to add our portion. Service is an offering to the Lord for who He is and for what He has made us. God made you for a purpose. And your identification of that purpose is your service unto him. In Jeremiah chapter 1, the Bible was speaking about Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you in the womb. And I want us to get that this morning. He said, in Jeremiah chapter 1, if you read from verse 1 down. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I appointed you to be a prophet unto the nations. And what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to uproot and to plant, to break, and to build. So, before you were born, God made you for service. These people have I formed for myself that they may show forth my praises and my pleasure. Dear friends, I want you to follow me this morning as I share with you about seven things that service is not. I've said them in my introduction, but I'll just gloss over them in my punchlines. Number one, service is not an opportunity to be known. Did you hear me? Is somebody here this morning? Are you getting something? I can't hear you. I'm a, it's like I'm offending people today. Sorry. Let me offend you so that you, you become great in life. Service is not an opportunity to be known. Whenever they call ushers forward, what made you to join usher? Is it because once in a while, Pastor, we say we appreciate all our ushers for the work they did at the Word and Prayer Conference, at the annual Thanksgiving, or the choir, and all of that? It is not an opportunity for you to be known. It is rather an opportunity for you to make God known. Service is not an opportunity to take advantage of people. Those of you who are prefects in school, why are you a prefect? Sadly, today our teachers are not left out. Teachers go to school and they eat the lunch of children. You've not heard. Is that there? Have you heard it before? Oh, you have even seen it. <laughs> Teachers eating the lunch of children. Teachers teaching children how to get money either by stealing or by force from their parents to give to them. Service is not an opportunity to take advantage of people. It is not primarily an opportunity to make money. Note this word. The basic goal of service it's not majorly because it will offer you the advantage to make money. 
What this means is that even though you will be paid for it, or let me say this, even though you may be paid for it, that must not be your goal. Number three, four, it is not an opportunity to demand respect. Rather, it is an opportunity to earn respect. Oh, that's our pastor going there. Hey, come here. Come on, greet me. Don't you know I'm your pastor? Ah, problem has set in. You earn it. You earn it. No wonder the Bible says that we must honor those who labor over us. Why? They labor over us, not that they demand that honor. And for that, I must be grateful to you again for what you did at my birthday. I've seen all the cover though. Each time I turn and I look at that greeting card in my office, I say, hey, hey. Service is not an opportunity to demand. Don't you know I'm your senior brother? There's a problem. You are behaving like the last one. <laughs> Did you hear me? Don't you know I'm the head of the house? I'm the first one of the house. No, 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 no. There's a problem. The, the head does not need to tell the leg and the head. He is there playing the role of the head. At the marriage seminar, the man said, when a husband begins to say, don't you know I'm your husband, there's a problem. He's, he's actually behaving like the wife or even the child. May you not lose your position. Amen. Number five, service is not to occupy position. Who will be the class rep? You are the one. Who will be our timekeeper? You are the one. Who will be our labor prefect? You are the one. Who will be the one to help teacher bring notes to the class? You are the one, only you. You are occupying several positions, jack of all trade, master of none. And then inefficiency and failure punctuates everywhere. And then the primary goal for going to school is defeated. Result comes out at the end of the time. You are first from the back. Service is not an opportunity. That was why Jesus said, your goal, man, should not be to raise children who will sit on my left or at my right, but children who will serve. Number six, it is not an opportunity to oppress people. Service is not an opportunity to oppress people. You are also in the church, and that boy yesterday, you, are, you had a problem on the street, and then it's come, I will show you today. And then the guy gets to move like this, go like this. I say go. Pastor, pastor, he's not going to the place. I say, you see, though, you are an oppressor. You are an oppressor. You are an oppressor. Number seven, it is not an opportunity to make a name for yourself. Ah, they will know ah, that when I was the head usher in teenagers church, ah, somebody occupied that position. I don't know why I'm talking about ushers this morning. When you see anybody serving because of all of these motives, pick them away in your head. Don't make such a person your model. I have so much to say this morning, but let me leave us with this, and then we'll pick it up from there next week Sunday. Next week Sunday is our friendship Sunday, right? Yes, so. How many of you have invited your friends already? You're telling them about it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I hope you remember that the person that has the largest number of referrals gets a great gift from me. Got so much friends here, you get a gift from me. Great gift, great gift. 
But let me share this with you as I wrap up this sermon this morning. The desire to serve others comes from a heart of what? Are we in this church together? Yeah. It comes from a heart of what? And gratitude. It comes from a heart of love and gratitude. Love for God and love for people. The love for God tells you to obey the command that you should serve and then the love for people tells you that you must add value to their lives. Again, it requires humility, strength, and love. Those who serve are not lazy people, I hope you know. You are a servant, you have to carry chair, you have to carry table, you have to carry this, you have to do this. It's not for weak people, it's for active people. It is not so much an act, but truly who we become by accepting and proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I leave you this morning with these thoughts that you leave here going to add value to the lives of people. You leave here going to add value to the lives of people. Getting things done. Service is about getting things done, getting results. I have, I still have a lot to share this morning, but because of time, we really need to catch up with the other aspect of our service today, and then we can pull it up from there. Let me say this as you leave service today, as you leave church. I would have loved to tell you why we call Sunday worship service, but that would be for another time. Let me leave you with this. Every day you wake up, and you are able to breathe. It's a gift from God to you to serve your world. Every day you wake up in the morning and you are able to breathe, please know that it is a gift from God to you to bless your world. And the opportunities to do so opens up everywhere you go. Dear friends, let me tell you, you will not serve if you don't want to serve. Because every day the opportunities to serve opens up for us. Whether at home, in church, in school, on the streets, where nobody is even watching you, the opportunities to serve opens up to you. Father, you have to be to pray this morning. Bow your hands as you pray this morning. Please pray. Please pray. Please pray. Ask for grace to serve. Ask for grace to serve. Ask God to purge you of every desire to occupy position and make a name for yourself. Ask God to wash you off that desire to make a name for yourself. Ask him for grace this morning. Ask for grace to serve him. Ask for grace to serve God this morning.
Dear friends, in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That was the prayer Piki led us to pray this morning. It means a lot to me at this point to let you know that you may be serving God with your gift and not your body. God's desire is that even with your body you serve Him. The kind of clothes you wear, the things you do with your body, are you serving God with it? That hymn we sang in the morning says, It pays to serve Jesus, even with my body. I want to make a call this time around for those who are willing to serve God with their body. Everything about them. You want to serve God with your body. serve God with your body. Wherever you are this morning, can you rise up if you are in that category? Lord, I want to serve you with my body. I want my hands to serve you, my leg to serve you, my entire body to serve you. I want it to serve you. Lord, I want to serve you with my body. I don't want to serve the interest of the devil. Today, people are drawing tattoos on their body. And you ask yourself, are they, is this what they want to use to serve God? People wear all manners of clothes, including the ones that shows the nakedness of their body. And you ask yourself, is this person serving God with their body or serving the devil? You are here this morning and you are saying, Father, I want to serve you with my body. I want to keep myself pure. I want to abstain from every sexual loss. I want to abstain from every sin of immorality. God bless those of you who are standing up. One, two, three, four, five, six. You want to, Father, I want to serve you with my body. I want to keep myself, male or female, I want to keep myself. I don't want to involve myself in fornication. I don't want to involve myself in any act of ungodliness. I don't want to lose my virginity. Male or female, Lord, I want to keep it as a testimony of the help that I receive from you to serve you with my body. Rise up to your feet if you are in that category, brethren. All I want is for you, for you to be glorified.
Such grace. 